welcome back to another episode of Dealers of the Podcast. I'm Michael Kay. And I'm Allison. Happy Valentine's, Allison. Happy Valentine's. Happy Valentine's. We're recording this on Valentine's Day. Yes. Uh, but it'll come out on a better holiday. What better holiday? It, well, on February 15th is when all of the Valentine's Day candy is 50% off. Ah, uh, yes. Red Friday. <laughs> you need to coin that. You need to trademark that right now. Well, I mean, it makes but, sense, right? It's like everybody's going to be lining up at 8 a.m. to fight other people over discounted chocolate. Well, I went to Target yesterday, and, and I went to Target and Walgreens, and Ooh. everybody was there buying candy. And I'm like, you all are so damn stupid. Just wait a few hours, you know, get that, come back at 12.01 on February 15th, buy that candy, and then just tell your loved one you, you know... You forgot to give it to them. You didn't buy 50% off the next day. You did buy it on February 13th. You just forgot to give it to them. Yeah. Be like, I need to go out and get gas for my car. I'll be right back. But yeah, it's my favorite. I love, I like the day after Christmas, I like going too. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the reason why Jesus was born. So that the day after his birthday, you know, we can get 50% off Santa Claus, chocolate Santa Clauses. Mm -hmm. So happy Red Friday. Yes. What are you doing on Valentine's? Valentine's? Valentine's. Well, um, to be completely honest, I don't even have a joke for this. I ate sushi. and uh, Is and that a I... euthanism? <laughs> no. no, I legitimately went out and treated myself to sushi. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, you know, I made my baby a Valentine that um, she wasn't totally interested in. So next year. Probably not next year. No. Maybe th- four, five, six. Maybe never. When she learns what chocolate is, what did you do for Valentine's? What am I going to do? Nothing. But if I'm tempted to take my dog to Olive Garden, you know, they got, so they got this two two person special, right? Uh So you get super salad, you get breadsticks, you get an entree, you get dessert for two for $36. That's not a deal. The soup and salad and breadsticks are free anyway. Just shut up. Just say it's a deal. It's a deal. And the the thing is, this isn't even an ad for Olive Garden. That's sad. And I'm pushing this stupid dinner. Well, your dog's probably getting into a tuxedo as we speak because it's that kind of establishment. But they're also doing this thing where you print out that was this was today's hot slow of the day. You can print out like wrapping paper, right? Mm -hmm. And then you it's like Olive Garden brand and it has, you know, some kind of stupid saying. So you take it to the Olive Garden and then they'll put four or five breadsticks in it. So it looks like a bouquet of breadsticks. And then you like give it to your loved one. Oh, my God. And then the loved one like quietly gets up from the table and walks out. Oh, no. The loved one like creams their panties, makes Alfredo sauce in their panties. Because that's, like, that's like again, the exact oh, gift that Romeo gave Juliet. Like, oh, that's a historical fact. But it's only five breadsticks. It should be a dozen. You're right. You're right. It really should. They, they dropped the breadstick on <laughs> that. That's terrible. Okay, so let's move on from an Olive Garden ad that wasn't paid for to the Grammy predictions. So the Grammys, we're not really going to get into the Grammys because they were a million days away. Yeah. And people are over them. People have already been to church asking a priest to exercise the memory of that Jennifer Lopez Motown tribute. The most perfect Motown tribute that ever was. Are you being... Are you being... Funny, are you being serious? I'm being funny. That tribute was like oh. a tribute to Motown by way of Drop Dead Gorgeous. It was, and I, and this is coming from a J Lo fan. It was, it was rough. 
It was, I mean, when she did Tina, she did Tina Marie's Square Biz, I almost filed a lawsuit on behalf <laughs> of the Tina Marie estate. It was awful. So we're, we want to forget all of that. So we're not going to get into that. But what we did on the last episode is we predicted the four main categories, Allison and I. Yes. So we're going to see how we did. We're going to see if we are Miss Cleo or we're Miss Cleo, since she wasn't really a psychic, right? Yeah. Spoiler no. alert. We were Miss Cleo. <laughs> so best new artist, Allison, you said Greta Von Fleet. Yeah. I said her. We were both dead wrong. Yeah. It was Dua Lipa, mm-hmm. which I almost said Dua Lipa. I don't know why, because I love BB Rexa, because I'm trash. And she's Albanian, and Dua Lipa is Albanian. So, you know, all my loyalty should be to Bibi, but I did think of Dua Lipa. Isn't Rita Ora also Albanian? Yeah, they're the Albanian dream team. They're the the Albanian dream girls. They two more in Albanian Spice Girls. Yeah, so we got that wrong. So Song of the Year, which goes to the songwriter, songwriters, Mm -hmm. um, we both said it would be shallow. Yeah. We're probably hoping that because we were hoping that when Lady Gaga won, Bradley Cooper would come up and piss on her. That's, oh, that's what that's I was what, crossing my fingers yeah. for. He was actually at ba- the BAFTAs in London at the time, but maybe he could have pissed via satellite. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Close down the podcast. It's the best joke that we've ever made. So it really isn't. <laughs> okay, so we both said shallow. Yeah. We were both wrong. Mm-hmm. It went to This is America by Childish, Childish Gambino. Yes. Which yeah, that was that was a huge shock to me. Really? Why? Well, I really thought you it was thought it was going to be another Gaga. white person. Yeah, yeah. No, I just I honestly, it, I feel like that's been like the theme of A Star Is Born though for this whole like award season is people getting so excited and being like, "This is the greatest movie ever. This is the best song ever." And then the award didn't go to it, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right. Shallow isn't the greatest song that was ever written." That ba- it barely came to you then. Yeah, that's well. well Michael, I did just laugh very, very hard at that via satellite joke. True. Well, at least the Grammys, you know, gave you that. Yeah. So that's good. So now we're record of the year. Mm-hmm. You said, baby, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you said the middle, yeah. which earned you a ticket to hell because that song is awful. Oh, yeah. Hell's theme song. I said, this is America. It yes. was, this is America. So I got one right. Mm-hmm. Finally, album of the year. So you said, Scorpion by Drake. That was wishful thinking on my part. Looking back, I should have picked something else. What would you have picked? Well, you know what? I should have picked Casey Musgraves. Well, I probably would have because I really legitimately like Casey Musgraves and I really like that album. Okay, so that's what I said and that's yeah. who won. Yeah. So I, so you got zero out of four. Yeah, I just lost eight grand in Las Vegas. So <laughs> I'm going to start a GoFundMe. Please donate. And I got two out of four, which yeah. means like I'm half Tyler Henry. You know yeah. that. Is it that Tyler Henry, that twink we talk about from E, the twink medium? Yeah, Tyler I think Henry? So. Basically, you should call up E and say, listen, give me a show. Because I got two out of four right on some Grammy guesses. Yes. And I am was a twink maybe 45 years ago. So there we go. I guess we'll predict the Oscars next. Yeah. Hopefully we'll I'll work get on it. it right. Channel, channel your inner Long Island medium. A star is born for best picture. <laughs> a star is born across the board. <laughs> stars, stars, stars across the board. So speaking of 
real stars, and I do mean real stars. Um, this we're talking about Megan Dirt Markle. stars. Oh Dirt no, I didn't mean Megan Markle's a dirt star. I thought you were talking about Thomas Markle. No, <laughs> Thomas Markle is the dirtiest of stars. Um, so Duchess Megan has had quite a week, as she's had pretty much quite a week ever since she started dating Prince Harry. Last week. People magazine profiled Megan, and it was like this really glowing profile. So George Clooney was asked about um, Duchess Megan recently because they're friends. Him and Amal are friends. Are they? Well, according according to sources, they're friends. They did go to the wedding. They did. But I think they went to the wedding because his tequila brand sponsored the reception. Really? That's what I heard. Am I, am I like a Markle? And I'm talking shit. You might be. <laughs> I better you, check my 23 and 23 me. 23 and me, yeah. Oh, if I am, I'm hitting all the tabloids. Oh, get that money. They pay, apparently. Get those quid. Yeah, quid. <laughs> Tuppence. So um, George Clooney was asked if he's going to be the baby's godfather. He says he's not. But while he was on the topic of Megan, he said, I do want to say they're just chasing Meghan Markle everywhere. She's been pursued and vilified. She's a woman who is seven months pregnant, and she has been pursued and vilified and chased in the same way that Diana was, and it's history repeating itself. So George Clooney's like really, he's saying like lay off Meghan, right? Which, yeah, he's saying that the British tabloids and media are creating a frenzy, and this frenzy could lead to terrible things. Yeah, terrible, terrible news. On the other side of the coin, we have Megan's dad who continues to feed the frenzy. He's like dumping a whole chum bucket into the piranha tank. Well, so- and Clooney, Clooney brought up this as well, like saying that, you know, the media is trash for publishing this. Yeah, which I think we can... We can all agree on that. Like, I mean, of course they're going to publish it. So we're talking about the letter. The- we're talking about the letter. So the Daily Mail spoke to Thomas Markle. Of course they did. And Thomas Markle provided them with an alleged five-page letter that Megan allegedly wrote to him last year after she married Prince Harry. Well, in that people profile, mm-hmm. the friends of Megan mentioned this letter. They yes. mentioned that Megan wrote him a letter right after. Yeah. Yeah. And so Megan Thomas wants to like clear his name, which you can't do that. Impossible. I mean, there's not enough Ajax in the world. No, but still. So he published the letter, and here's just like a piece of it. This this to me was like the most heartfelt like lifetime movie part of it so she says if you love me as you tell the press you do please stop please allow us to live our lives in peace please stop lying please stop creating so much pain please stop exploiting my relationship with my husband i realize you are so far down this rabbit hole that you feel or may feel there's no way out but if you take a moment to pause i think you'll see that being able to live with a clear conscience is more valuable than any payment in the world megan also calls him daddy in the letter which i think is really nice because i would not be on speaking terms you would be like, motherfucker. Yeah, I'd be like, listen up, asshole. Um, and I'm sure he was very touched by that letter, touched that he was going to get so much money for one day selling it. He probably tried to sell it page by page. He's like, for one page, I'll take... Sentence by sentence, yeah. yeah. A word count. He's like, here's the words. Um, so Megan also claims in the letter, though, that she heard about his alleged heart attack through the tabloids um, and that he doesn't like pick up his phone when she calls because and that, he's too that busy I talking to funny. the sun. Well, that I found funny because I would think it's like he would pick it up and then record it and keep it so that one day he could sell it. See, I don't know if Thomas Markle's that smart though. That's what. What do you think the end game, his end game is? So you know, like people say, you know, live each day, live day by day. 
Right. Do you think he's like living payday by payday and isn't thinking of, you know, the long term and possibly re- rebuilding a relationship with his daughter, which probably can't be rebuilt. But no. what do you think the end game is? Like just to get as much money as possible as quickly as he can? I think it's getting money and I think it's getting notoriety. And I think also Thomas Merkel just maybe is one of those people who loves drama. Like if he repairs his relationship with his daughter, there's no drama there anymore. But if he like keeps fighting with her and publishing letters, then he can still keep being like, oh, look at my terrible daughter. Can you believe this, everyone? So you think he loves, you know, being interviewed and being in the spotlight? Yeah. And I think that he's found like an angle and his angle is like, poor dad who doesn't talk to his daughter because she's in like the church of, you know, religious Scientology or whatever. Yeah. I think that he thinks that like he's got a good angle to play. And I'm sure that he gets sympathy from some people. Mm, Yeah, maybe. And, and I think like the tabloids are going to keep eating it up like i think so and especially the british tabloids that they will beat a story into the ground they will beat a story into the earth's core and they will keep going so as long as he talks to them they're gonna answer the call well i feel like british tabloids too no offense to british tabloids i feel i know we i we use them as sources all the time i don't and here i am trashing them but i feel like american tabloids if you went to like tmz and was like listen i'm the um cousin sister's brothers, uncles, aunts, kindergarten teacher of, you know, uh, whoever, um, Kim Kardashian, and I've got a story. They'd be like, ah, that's a little too far removed. But I feel like British tabloids would be like, do you have a pulse? Good enough for us. Oh, no, American tabloids will do that, too. They'll just say a source, a very close source to Kim says. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. What am I saying? Piers Morgan, who writes for the Daily Mail, Mm -hmm. like he brought up Thomas Markle's letter and the Daily Mail, who obviously bought Thomas's letter. So he slammed George saying that Megan is no Princess Diana, which that's not that wasn't even the point. Yeah, exactly. Piers Morgan just likes to find anything. George Clooney wasn't saying she is like the new Princess Diana. He's just saying that, like, like I said, like the frenzy is going to lead to terrible things. Yeah. Could lead to terrible things. Ooh, I hope not, though. Well, that's why I hope not either. That's why Megan just needs to stay in her house. Get a doppelganger. Am I saying that right? Yep. Doppelganger. I'll yep. do it. Put a brown wig on me. I, I'm one, so I'll have to kneel and put heels on my knees. And then I'll wear, like, a bland shift dress, and I'll go and do those appearances. But knowing your, your luck, though, like, Prince Harry will also get a doppelganger, and you'll get that guy from, like, I Want to Marry Harry. Oh, yeah, you're right. Because I was thinking then, you know, Harry and I would have to make out to make it look real. But you're right. But you know what? I'll make out with a Prince Harry doppelganger. I'll take whatever I can. Doppel ginger. (laughs) Okay, so moving on to this mess. There's this church that started in Australia. And it's been called a cult because they've been accused of doing shady things. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called Hillsong. Mm -hmm. And it was founded in the early 80s by a former window cleaner named Brian Houston. Um, Hillsong is now global. It's the cool church. Justin Bieber goes, Haley Baldwin goes, but they've been accused of some fucked up shit. Like Brian's father, Frank Houston, who is dead now, was a convicted pedophile and he sexually abused boys. Brian defended Frank saying that he believes his dad was a closeted gay man and took his frustrations out on little boys. So this is just 
Wonderful. Past Hillsong members have also accused the church of sending them to conversion therapy after they came out. Brian Houston says in a statement on Hillsong's website that his church welcomes all people but does not affirm all lifestyles. So yeah, they yikes. say they, yeah, they do not affirm a gay lifestyle. And because of this, we do not knowingly have actively gay people in positions of leadership, either paid or unpaid. So basically Hillsong will take my gay money, but doesn't want my gay ass representing them and thinks I'm probably going to burn in the butthole of hell. Basically. Yeah, they're like, they're like, you can put money in the plate, but you got to sit in the back pew. Yeah, turn your back. Where the back pew where the lighting is dark. Yeah. It's kind of like like love the sinner, hate the sin. Oh, the worst phrase in the world. I know. Unless the sinner's check bounces, then they then they probably hate the sinner too. Yeah. That's the worst phrase in the world, but that's what I think that that's what they believe in. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot more to Hillsong's homophobia. And like one of my friends, Tanya Levin, is an Australian journalist and she covers Hillsong deep. She wrote a book. And so if you want to learn more about Hillsong, you can go to her website, which is tanyalevin.com. So it's T-A-N-Y-A-L-E-V-I-N.com. So if you want to read more about Hillsong, Mm -hmm. she has it covered. So anyway, that brings us to Ellen Page versus Chris Pratt. So Chris Pratt is a member of Hillsong, and he also goes to an offset church. Offshoot. Offset. Offshoot? (laughs) Offset is Migos. Offshoot is... (laughs) But Chris Pratt has gone to. It's the church he goes to, yeah. yeah. It's an offshoot church of Hillsong. So he goes to both. So his bride-to-be, Catherine Schwarzenegger, is also a member. So Chris was on The Late Show, and Stephen Colbert brought up that 21-day Bible cleanse he was on. He was on this 21-day cleanse based on the Bible. Anyways, while he was there, he talked about his spirituality a lot. So The Hollywood Reporter tweeted about Chris getting spiritual in that interview, and Ellen Page tweeted a response and that response was okay um but his church is infamously anti-lgbtq so maybe address that too so valid question so Mm -hmm. i guess ellen may have gotten a little hate probably from hillsong members and so (laughs) she doubled down tweeting if you are a famous actor and you belong to an organization that hates a certain group of people don't be surprised surprised if someone simply wonders why it's not addressed being anti-lgbtq is wrong there aren't two sides the damage it causes is severe full stop sending love to all so chris eventually responded in a long instagram story saying that it's not true hillsong is not does not hate gays and also that he's not a spokesman for the church And he said, I go to a church that opens their doors to absolutely everyone. Despite what the Bible says about divorce, my church community was there for me every step of the way, never judging, just gracefully accompanying me on my walk. They helped me tremendously, offering love and support. It is what I have seen them do for others on countless occasions, regardless of sexual orientation, race, or gender. Oh my God. I hate that statement so much though. I mean, just a quick aside, because I hate comparing being divorced. I know. What does that have to do like being like, well, I'm divorced and they didn't hate on me. It's like, well, duh, of course, because Jesus wasn't like, well, of course, there's nothing in the Bible about like hating on gay people. That's just like shit that was made up. Right. But like, there's definitely not stuff where Jesus is like Sermon on the Mount being like, and I say to ye divorcees, ye thine are going straight to hell. And of course, like they embraced him. He's rich. 
He's yeah. straight. He can. He's famous, so he can name drop them in interviews. There hasn't been this like horrible history where like there needs to be like divorce pride marches. You know what where I mean? You need like, to go to like, conversion therapy because yeah, you're divorced. Divorce <laughs> like, I'm pride thinking, march. I'm thinking. I'm thinking about getting divorced. They're like, no. <laughs> like D- a the divorce the pride march is called the Oscars because they're all fucking divorced. They're going to be divorced. Yeah. <laughs> or any Hollywood event, actually. Yeah. Yeah, But, like, Ellen, she just asked a simple question. Like, she, you know, she got hate, of course, because people were like, oh, Ellen needs to go after Catholics, Christians, Muslims, Scientologists, you know, because they hate gays, too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what I do think is that someone who should be asked about Hillsong's, you know, anti-gay views is Justin Bieber. Oh, okay. Well, I don't think he's ever been asked because he's like the Jesus, he, or he was the Jesus of right. Hillsong at one time, right? Yeah. And you know that he's so like dumb, like he can't put he can't string a sentence together. And I say this is somebody who says the word like 400 times when I'm talking. But you know that he'll just tell the truth. Like you'll be like, Justin, what does your church think about gay people? And he'll be like, they're not cool with them, bro. I mean, uh. <laughs> or he has no idea what Hillsong is. Huh? Huh? What's a church? Like he probably funded them. Basically, yeah. like that's why, and that's why he looks homeless because he is because all his money went to Hillsong and they're anti-gay views. Mm-hmm. But, but let's move on to. So I want to preface this by saying this uh, episode is going to go up on a Friday, correct? Yes. So Friday is traditionally the day that you eat fish. So here's some catfish for everybody to enjoy. Oh my god! I had to. I had to do it. <laughs> so. Dina Lohan, a week ago, we learned that Dina Lohan, she revi- she was on Celebrity Big Brother, which has since wrapped up. Uh, yeah, she didn't win. She, t- she was third. She came with- very close, but yeah, yeah she-, she didn't win. Um, so she uh, she revealed during big- her time in the Big Brother house that she had a boyfriend. She'd been seeing him for five years. I can't wait to tell you about this guy. Been talking to him for five years, like every day, a lot. I feel like I know him. You know when you talk to someone on the phone, like you feel like you know them? I miss a special someone. I'm in New York. He's in another state. It's just, it's personal. Have y'all met? No, we will. I know, you're getting, it's not like that. I swear to you, he's real. Not even FaceTime. She'd only like talk to him on the phone, but she said that she'd talk to him every day. And she wants to marry him. Yes. She felt like she knew him, that he was like totally the one. She didn't say what his name was. So he was like a complete mystery. He could have been anyone. All we knew is that he lived with his mom in San Francisco and that he doesn't like FaceTime. And she's sick. That's why he lives yeah, in San Francisco. Yeah, that's why he's right? going to live with his yeah. mama. So obviously it this sounded like 100% pure catfish. I mean, right? <laughs> yeah. So Nev Shulman, the host of MTV's Catfish, um, offered to find out about, you know, the person on the other end of the catfish rod, I guess. And uh, and even Lindsay Lohan chimed in. She, like, uh, left a comment on an Instagram post about uh, Big Brother saying, like, Mom, you're definitely... Stop the catfishing. Catfish. Yeah. yeah, stop the catfishing. So here's the thing. It definitely sounded like a catfish. It sounded like Dina was getting scammed. But um, on Wednesday... Nev tweeted a picture of Dina's boyfriend. Alleged. Alleged boyfriend, along with some details of his identity. So I assumed his name was George Glass. (laughs) It's not. So he's a 53-year-old. That could be his real name. Yeah, real name George Glass. This is just like a stock photo. There's like a watermark that was cropped out. 
So he's a 53-year-old commercial real estate worker named Jesse Nadler. Nadler. And he kind of looks like a normal guy. Again, Well, Ben, Ben, a delisted writer, wrote about this. And he said he called him an off-peak hours Santa. Very accurate. Very accurate, yes. Very accurate. Well, an off-peak Santa that's also on Ashley Madison because his, like, shirt is, like, really low. He's one of those guys that will not button up the first three buttons on his shirt. Yeah, it's just not possible. It's, he's, it's, it's, he's allergic to the first three buttons. Yeah, he just pulls the buttons off when he buys a shirt. He just breaks into hives, yeah. Yeah. So Dina claims he's real, and, like, Nev claims he's real, and Michael Lohan also claims he's real. He says that he's spoken to Jesse and that he's a good guy, which, duh, do we want to take Michael Lohan's thoughts on well, what, what makes a good com- guy? Anybody compared to Michael Lohan is a good guy. He's like, I watched this uh, documentary on Ted Bundy. Let me say something about Ted Bundy. <laughs> He's a, that wonderful guy. He's a good guy. So, yeah. So all signs kind of point right now to the fact that Dina actually has a boyfriend. Um, we haven't ever seen the two of them in the same place together. So we still don't technically know if he's real. Um, well, the thing is, or do you think... I mean, he's obviously a real person. I mean, he was on, he FaceTimed with her as, after she came out of the Celebrity Big Brother house. And then he also FaceTimed with TMZ, of course, saying like he's going to move to New York to be with her. Right. But, but, but the thing is like Celebrity Big Brother offered to fly him to LA from San Francisco, which is an easy flight, mm-hmm. uh, to meet Dina, like when she gets out of the house and he wouldn't do it. Well, okay, here's the thing. He's saying you gotta take care of his mom. Like, part of of me thinks that, okay, I'm like, okay, that's a catfish. But do you really want to be on Celebrity Big Brother? I wouldn't. If somebody was like, here, we'll fly you out to Celebrity Big Brother, I'd be like, hard pass. Um, Allison, if you were the kind of person who is phone dating Dina Lohan, yes, you will. Yeah, you're right. You'd be there so fast. You would, you would take a Peter Pan bus. Yeah. (laughs) And so Jesse also told TMZ that, he wants he and Dina to be like Bonnie and Clyde. Oh my God. <laughs> like, so he either means like, you know, he wants to get shot with her during a bank robbery gone wrong or yeah. Or he's never seen Bonnie and Clyde. <laughs> yeah. I think that he thinks Bonnie and Clyde is like Romeo and Juliet. Wait, which again, that's, that doesn't end well either. You think this is real. I think it's real. And I'll tell you why, because Dina Lohan, the whole Lohan family has scams and flams running through their blood. So they can sniff out a scam. Like they can sniff out scams like those panic attack dogs can sniff out a panic attack. So I think Dina would be able to smell if she was being scammed. Um, I think she lost that sense of smell, you know, a couple hundred lines ago. Yeah. So <laughs> correct. No. But I still think this is a catfish situation. And my theory is. You know, I know Lindsay Lohan told her to stop with the catfishing, but that was all, you know, that was all smoke and mirrors. I think Lindsay is behind this (laughs) because she is sick of Dina calling her, hitting up her up for money, trying to get a plane ticket to Mykonos. So she got this guy to keep Dina busy and catfish her. So that's my theory. This is all going to be revealed. This is the part of the show where we go over five stories quickly-ish, starting with Miranda Lambert. So mm-hmm. over the weekend, my favorite mess was at Stony River Steakhouse in Nashville with her mom and a family friend who is a guy. So the guy friend went to the bathroom when an older dude approached him. And this is where you think it's probably going to turn to like a gay porn 
but it doesn't go that way, sadly. So the older dudes started to complain started to complain about millennials and their phones. So I'm guessing like Miranda's friend maybe was on his phone while pissing. Yeah. Maybe. So um so Miranda's friend and the old dude had a little fight. And then Miranda's friend went back to the table. The older dude followed um, him and continued to fight. So Miranda ain't the one to stay quiet. So she fought with the old man and had to be held back. She then went to the old man's wife and dumped a salad <laughs> in the woman's lap. The cops were called, but Miranda and company were gone by the time they arrived. No charges were filed. TMZ has video, but it doesn't, it doesn't show much. It sadly doesn't show the salad tossing, which no. I, I, we all knew Miranda is probably a freak, but we didn't know she tossed a salad. Literally. <laughs> I'm, you know what? I think that the salad tossing was just a distraction, like distract the wife. And then Miranda would like grab the guy's phone and be like, be like, oh, if you're so mad about cell phones, like pretending to be mad, but then being like putting her number in, being like, here's my number. Call me. That is your wife, right? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Like that wife is lucky that, you know, the, uh, the only thing that got wrecked is a salad. Yeah, because Miranda's usually wrecking homes, and that's why I love her. Yes. So E News says that Lady Gaga and her fiance of four months, Christian Carino, Car- Cariano, Carino, mm-hmm. broke up last week, and he's been trying to get her back. But other sources say they're still together. When Gaga won a Grammy for Best Pop Duo for Shallow, she didn't thank him. Gaga's people wouldn't comment. We no. all know where this is going, right? That she ends up with Bradley Cooper. Yeah, because Oscar voting closes on February 19th. Yeah. So that means Bradley Cooper is going to announce his split from Irina Shake next week. And then he and Gaga are going to announce their engagement, you know, wedding, baby, uh, upcoming baby a couple days after that. Like they got to hustle. Oh, for sure. But see, we assume it's about Bradley Cooper. But uh, see, I think that he left because really, look, there's got to be a limit how many times the human brain can hear shallow before it just like explodes like in the movie scanners so he probably got it before that happened and she definitely sings it all day all night she sings in her sleep she sings it all the time so yeah i think you're onto something so (laughs) jennifer aniston had a 50th birthday party in los angeles over the weekend and everybody was there (laughs) literally every famous person in hollywood well except for angelina jolie and her ex justin thoreau although he's not hollywood He's like, oh, so edgy New York. New York, yeah. He's art scene New York. So he was not there, but Brad Pitt was. A source told People that Aniston debated on inviting him, but she's glad she did. A source tells Us Weekly that Aniston and Brad are getting close as friends only. You know, really, there's worse exes that could come to your birthday party. Like, Brad is rich. Would you invite your exes? If one of them was rich like Brad Pitt, yeah, I would. Well, all her friends are rich. Well, I mean, she did date John Mayer. How rich is Don- John Mayer? I'm sure he's super rich. I mean, Your Body is a Wonderland, that song is shit, but I'm sure it made a lot of money. Yeah, that's true. It is played like 800 times a day in every sorority house across America. So, yeah. But you're right. right. And I'm sure Brad Pitt brought one of his sculptures, and I'm sure that's going to be worth at least $3 in the future. Yeah, and you know what? You can't you can't be too thrifty with your money when you're Jennifer Aniston. I mean, really, how much money does she make, you know, now that she's not on Friends? Yeah, she's struggling she's to make ends meet. Yeah, so she's you're so right. poor. 
So the Fiji water girl who got famous for photobombing celebrities at the Golden Globes is suing Fiji water for using her likeness on cardboard cutouts in grocery stores. She said she never gave them permission, but Fiji says that's bullshit and that the $90,000 contract she's signed states that they can use her likeness in ad campaigns. Fiji is countersuing her, countersuing her, claiming that she's just looking out, you know, she's just trying to extend her 15 minutes and accusing her of extortion and trying to get $500,000 more out of them. Oh my gosh. You know what? Honestly, the rest of us should be filing a class action lawsuit against Fiji for selling those small ass $3 bottles of water. Lawsuits They're $3? All Where I live, they are. Where do they sell them? At the convenience store. Yeah, so we should sue them for that. But this is like this is who this is the bottle water drama I do not care about. No. Like who cares? What I want is I want Andy King of the Fire Festival to sue Evian yes. for making them cool again. Like yeah. he he basically let everyone know that Evian is so good, it's so good you'll suck dick for it. And he deserves some money for that. Yeah. So where's that lawsuit? Yeah, that's the lawsuit we need. Mm -hmm. So, and finally, some distressing news mm -hmm. for not only HGTV fans, but really for the world. So, ever since House Hunters has been on, since the beginning of time, basically, it's had a narrator. Suzanne Wong was the show's original narrator. She was also Hot Slow of the Day once, and mm -hmm. she's one of the few Hot Slow of the Days who was like, thank you for making me Hot Slow of the Day. <laughs> and that's sweet. Yeah, so she was replaced by Colette Whitaker. A year later, Andromeda Dunker became the narrator. But recently, new episodes have been narrator-less, and Andromeda tells BuzzFeed News that she noticed the change but hasn't been told she's out of a job. Oof. HGTV wouldn't comment. Oh, my God. You know what? That's so sad because, first of all, she's got a really hot name, Andromeda. Yeah, she deserves a, a, a forever job for that alone. Exactly. But without a narrator, who will remind us which home's balcony the couple wanted to drink their morning coffee off of? Oh, my God. And that's what I was going to say. First of all, I've, you know, I've seen new episodes and I haven't noticed that there's not a narrator. So that's disturbing. Yeah. That I didn't even notice. But yeah, I'm with you. Like every time, not even a balcony, even a patio. They're like, I can really see myself having coffee out here. So the change that I want, I don't want them to get rid of a narrator. I want them, every time someone says that, a wrecking ball to hit them. Nice. That or, I don't like the paint color in here. The or, I really was hoping for some granite. <laughs> Just bring out the wrecking ball. So for our final segment, we finally got some advice questions that we thought were pretty great. Uh, so we're going to answer them. This is our shit advice uh, segment because, of course, we're the best people to be giving all of our listeners advice. I was about to say all of our viewers, which, again, right away, we shouldn't be giving anyone advice. <laughs> yeah, can't even keep That's track a, of the format. We have amazing insight. We have amazing insight. Yes. <laughs> so our first one is from... Uh, our Again, I was going to say a reader named Amber, a listener named Amber. A oh, viewer boy. named Amber. Yeah, Amber. Just, Amber, delete this episode right away. So Amber writes, Michael and Allison, how do I start watching porn with the guy I'm dating? It's a new relationship, so I don't want to show him the freak shit yet, but what's the best way to intro it? You know, what a terrific question for Valentine's Day. Well, did Amber tell us if she's had sex with him yet? 
No, Amber didn't specify that. So what I like to think is that Amber right now is on a very wholesome Valentine's Day date with the... Hand-holding, some light petting. They're watching, you know, a Hallmark Hall of Fame movie. Exactly. Sipping tea. She's slowly bringing her laptop over to the couch. Okay, let's assume that they they have had sex. Sure, yes. So how would you intro that, Michael? It depends what the sex was like. Right. Because I've dated some people where... The sex, you know, it's lights off, it's missionary. Well, sex with me is always lights off. <laughs> it's usually lights off and then a pillowcase over my head. Yeah. And that's a kink. But, um, you know, if it's like kind of feels a little conservative, the sex, then, you know, I might talk about it first. But, you know, some people, you know that they're freaks. And you know, you know, they like to talk about sex or they sext you or they send you dick pics. Then... If you start playing porn, you just open it up and start playing with it, start playing it and playing with it, they'll probably be okay with it. They'll probably be into it. But if, you know, they, he seems, you know, a little more conservative, then yeah, I probably would talk about it. But that's awkward, huh? I know. Well, like I was thinking. That's a boner killer, maybe. It could be. Well, I was thinking like she could lead into it with like stuff they're not into. Like, you know, when you have like those jokey, jokey conversations where it's like, oh, I'm totally not into this. Like, what are you not into? And it's like, I'm not into like, yeah, putting a pillowcase over my head, stuff like that. And then once the conversation gets like really light, then you can be like, ha ha ha. But seriously, I love watching porn. Here's some freak shit. So I think if she's really concerned and she's kind of nervous about it, she should, Amber should introduce the topic in the way that like 99% of porn is accidentally shown, which is during a PowerPoint presentation. If the internet's taught me anything, it's that PowerPoint presentations usually result in like... Why would she be giving a PowerPoint presentation? I don't know. On sex, maybe? She could be like, hi, this is a PowerPoint presentation on the last time we hooked up. Slide one. I really liked it when you took your shirt off. (laughs) I don't know what people do in their bedrooms, Michael, and I'm not here to judge. Then she'll totally get dumped, and then she can watch porn by herself. Everyone wins. Everyone wins. Yes. Okay. So, Amber, I hope that we helped you. And We didn't, but we didn't, but we tried our best. Exactly. So, the next one is from Just G. Um, So, G writes... Michael and Allison, in your vast experience, is there any truth to the theory that small hands equal small dick? I like a guy at work, but he has small hands. Obviously, I don't want to jeopardize a working relationship for a small dick. Big hands. Oh, yes, that's it. Sorry, I was rereading again. So, yeah, G wants to date someone at work. They have small hands. Uh, No, that's a myth. Yeah, I I will say, okay, I knew this guy that I worked with. He had the smallest hands you know like what's that um, um like Dunice from saturday night yes, live that's exactly what i was gonna say kristen wig kristen wig like those little doll hands yes. they were so small like watching him type on a you know a keyboard was so bizarre he just had the smallest hands so i didn't hook up with him but one of my friends hooked up with him and said he had a huge dick yeah so, so there you go and my friend is a huge slut and has had a lot of dicks so No, I think it's a total myth. Although... I think it's also kind of a crapshoot. Like, I think you don't want to jeopardize your job, especially in, you know, today's economic climate where jobs are hard to come by. In this economy. Like, I think that if you're working for yourself, like if you're like driving an Uber, then go ahead and play as much dick to hand roulette as you want. But 
when you depend on that job and you don't want to, you want to keep working there, I'd say like, I would say start looking at the hands of like the person making your Subway sandwich. So you're saying that she should not go for him because she works for him, not because he possibly may have a small dick. I think it's like, doesn't matter the size of the penis. She's still gonna, yeah, it's, it's just not worth it. I think if you have to work with that person, it's like, and even if they have a big dick, it could not be good. Yes, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like, it sounds like she kind of just wants to fuck. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's not a good workplace thing because you still have to see them in the morning after they've taken the walk. You're doing the walk of shame with them. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's not a good thing. No. But, yeah, so to answer her question, it's a myth. And I have been with dudes, like tall dudes that have big hands and big feet and, like, an Ashton Kutcher dick. So Is that to say it's big or small is there like a has a small dick okay i'll say enrique iglesias because he said he has a mouse dick so okay enrique iglesias dick okay so again g i hope that we've helped you we didn't but you know you're welcome so we get a gold star for trying exactly so that wraps up this week's episode of delisted the podcast um if you have any questions for us which i mean how would you not have a question for us after that segment email us at dtp at delisted.com it's dtp delisted.com and you know what because we're probably going to be flooded with so many questions that mailbox is probably going to get you know just explode so then try dtp2 which is not a real address at delisted.com Exactly. Or just fly a skywriter over the sky because that's the best way to reach us, obviously. Um, So that's it. So, Michael, have a great uh, have a great rest of the week. Happy Valentine's. Yeah. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.